So in some traditions, religion is about believing the right things. A story happened long ago or far away, and you are to believe those right things. In some religious traditions, it is about knowing the right things, understanding the nature of mind or consciousness. In some religious traditions, it is about doing the right things, acts of justice, kindness, mercy. And indeed, all good religion partakes of one form of this or another and probably all three. But our Unitarian, our Universalist ancestor, they added another thing to the nature of religion. Religion for them was about shaping our lives to become a good thing. William Ellery Channing, who was the first leader of the American Unitarian Association, 1825, almost 200 years ago, he talked about what he called self-culture. And it's not selfish culture, or it's not a culture that revolves around the self. No, he put it this way. He said that within all of us is what he said was the force of soul that encourage all of us to grow and to flourish, not just to survive through this life, but indeed to grow into wholeness, what he put in his day and age at the likeness of God. What he was talking about is a religion that was focused on character, not just our action and not just our attitudes, but about our actions and our attitudes together, our inner life, what flows from within us, and how that is expressed in other people's lives as well. It is what the ancients would have called and did call virtue. And so it is in keeping with our Unitarian Universalist ancestors that I start this new message series this morning about some of the classical virtues, and I start today with courage. And I start for a very explicit reason. Aristotle said that courage is the first of all the virtues, the first and most preeminent, because it makes all other virtues possible. Now, what do you mean by this? Why was courage the first amongst all the virtues? I think it is this exact reason. Courage is first because in a world where everything was settled and a world in which adventure was nil, and a world in which the maps, all maps were made clear and the way to get along around the Monopoly board and collect your $200 was absolutely known each time you headed out. Well, in a world like that, courage would not be the most significant virtue. But we do not live in a world like that. The Sex Pistols, and yes, I love to quote the Sex Pistols right after quoting Aristotle. The Sex Pistols said, when there's no future, there cannot be sin. Well, when there is no future, that is not premeditated. When the future is premeditated, there cannot be courage. Courage is fundamentally the faith that votes with its feet. Courage is the faith that votes with its feet. This is why courage is different from bravery, which is very close to its cousin bravado. Bravado votes with its mouth. People who have bravado will tell you how courageous they are, but their feet may not move forward with their faith. Courage walks, even leaps, into a world in which we cannot now and probably will not ever fully decipher the exact nature of things. Courage is how we get to that yes, that full throated, full-hearted yes 
in today's E.E. Cummings poem that I started with. And well, I thought today I'd like to show you, show you probably the most famous face and famous voice of courage that we have in our world right now. So let's bring that up. Let's show it to the people. There are a lot of reasons that this is a sensation. It is probably most remarkably a feel-good story, and not just a feel-good story, a good story about someone who is not one of the preconceived beautiful people. It has nothing to do with Brangelina. It has nothing to do with anything on Rodeo Drive. The value of this story is its sheer value of surprise. And I have to tell you, when I saw Simon Cowell like this, I thought of the Grinch. I thought of that moment in the Grinch when his perfect plot is hatched and he's stolen all the toys and he's discovered to a surprise he cannot take away the joy of the Who's down in Whoville and he hears little Susie Lou Who singing and all the Who's down in Whoville and what does his heart do? It grows. It bursts out of its pre-contained container. And I almost got a sense, although you can never really tell with Simon Cowell, that Simon Cowell's calloused heart was growing right there and right then. And he had one moment of authentic, real joy. He was just as biased, you could see it, when Susan Boyle first came out on that stage, as everyone was in the audience. They're thinking to themselves, probably in that British kind of way, we don't use the word very often, in America, who is this nutter? Do I make fun? Do I feel embarrassed? Do I laugh? Do I mock? They're getting ready to hide their faces. And then they fall in love with that voice. And they fall in love with that presence. She takes the chance and she absolutely nails it. And that is the reason why Susan Boyle's story means so much to so many people and to you. Susan Boyle's story is about courage. Hers, but even more importantly, it is about ours. Any story this popular is always a Rorschach test. It doesn't just tell us about the person who is commanding our attention. It reads us as well. It tells us something about where we are. Just yesterday in the Saturday New York Times, there was an op-ed piece by the guy who was the co-host of Dancing with the Stars. He says, the reason why Susan Boyle is so popular is this, that we need to see in our lives courage in unlikely places and from unlikely people, particularly now. See, because in recent years, we all know the stories. I'm not going to run through the facts. In recent years, leaders and whole industries and many ordinary people, either on bad evidence or faulty evidence or in truly bad faith, took risks that they should not have taken. And from mortgage-backed securities to Iraq, all of us are still paying the price. Sometimes tragic, sometimes deeply painful. And so perhaps we wonder, what really are the risks that are worth taking? Because so many risks that have been taken have gone wrong. What is truly worthy of our courage, of a life that transcends and accepts, but ultimately goes beyond the uncertainty of what it means to be alive? 
And so we see in this age, in this time, in this place, Susan Boyle taking a risk, facing not just uncertainty, but facing hostility, facing doubt, facing derision. And it is so good to see consequences like that that are so immediately good and life-affirming. To be human is to be believing that there are things that are worthy of our courage, that there are risks that are worth taking. That's why people love Susan Boyle. People see who they want to be in her. Someone with courage, someone with heart and guts, and someone who was unafraid, as Whitman wrote, unafraid to sound their barbaric yop into the world. Now, hers isn't quite so barbaric. It's melodious. But that's what Whitman was talking about. Have the courage to sound your yop into the world. Take that risk. I have to tell you, seeing her and sensing that doubt, and actually I had people in the audience supporting me, but after I had done my first service ever, and I wasn't even preaching. This was well over, gosh, 14, 15 years ago. I had done all the elements in the service for the senior minister of the congregation that would eventually ordain me. And afterward, he was giving me a little feedback. He said, you know, you're good, you had good voice and stuff, but you should stop playing with your chin so much. And I said, I was not playing with my chin I was keeping my hand there to keep my head from spinning off of my neck. I was so nervous. I was so overcome by this fear that I was going to fail. I couldn't even control my head. Now, the more we know about Susan Boyle's life story, the more inspiring her story becomes. Some of you might know that she is a single person that she has only worked once outside the home and that she left that job in a university kitchen to care for her dying mother when all of her other siblings had fled for other parts. She is from a tiny little village in Scotland. She has been treated for depression. She had learning disabilities growing up. And so one of the first names that people had for her was Susie Simple, as in simpleton. And even the song that she sings, it is not one of triumph, even though it is a triumphant moment. It is a story of tragedy. Many of you probably know Les Miserables, Les Mis. It's the final song of Fantine before she dies, in poverty, as a prostitute, Just listen to one of these lines, one of these couplets, but there are dreams that cannot be and there are storms that we cannot weather. Susan Boyle is authentic and sings sorrow because she knows what sorrow is. She is not perfectly well put together. That's the glory of her. And do you know that she almost didn't audition for the show because she had a preconceived notion? I wonder where she would have gotten the idea from that only shows like this award the beautiful and good-looking people. She almost didn't show up. But I think we all know that she is absolutely beautiful in her full-on, frumpy, honest humanity. See, courage is very different from bravado. Courage does not pretend to be something it's not. Bravado votes with its mouth. Courage relies upon something else, something much deeper, something inside of us, what we call heart. The word courage in Latin is the word for heart, 
kur. It comes from inside. It comes from the very center of who we are. I was listening to someone the other day who has had their heart broken. And not in some teenage romantic kind of way. Truly, truly broken to the very core of who they are. And what they said is that hole always remains in your heart. It never goes away. And for all of us who have had our hearts broken in that way, we know that that's the truth. That the hole stays the same. But the difference is what surrounds that hole. See, our hearts can shrink to the size, which means our courage can shrink to the size of the hole and the absence. Kind of like a sinkhole wants to gather in all the earth around it until finally there is nothing but an absence. And sometimes life is truly that painful. Life can break our hearts that much. And so there is no blame we have for someone who is in this circumstance. But there is another way of life with a broken heart. We can say the whole is always there. The heart retains its injury. But that heart, rather than shrinking, can grow. Like the Grinches. It always has that broken part. But if we can become strong enough around the heart then that fault line that runs through us will not threaten to collapse the entirety of our heart and our courage. It is finally courage that grows a broken heart, not just back to its regular size, but back to a size bigger so that it can thrive again. It is courage that allows us and gives us the chance to reach beyond risk once again into that place beyond where the threat of disappointment and dismay and disenchantment seems so strong that we wonder if we will ever risk anything in our hearts ever again. Courage is only real because sadness and suffering are real. Now, I believe that sadness and suffering do not have to be the last words about our life, but difficulty is certainly a part of any human, authentic vocabulary of what it means to be alive. Think of, if you will, you know the early years of the story, think of the Buddha's upbringing. He was an absolutely privileged young man who was given everything by his father. He was literally a prince, saved, or so his father thought would save him, from hardship by never showing him the fact that life had hardship. Until one day, the young prince discovers this. And then he has the courage, based upon the sadness and suffering that he sees as authentically part of life, to begin his path to enlightenment and his path to awakening. This is why the phrase courage under fire, except in its military context, courage under fire is redundant. Courage is always under fire. Courage is always under some threat or under some fear by definition. Or it wouldn't be courage. And I have to tell you, this is the way you can tell the difference between someone's bravado and someone's courage. If someone is boasting how brave they are, but does not let on that they are in any way afraid, or does not have any doubt, or any uncertainty, or any humility, that is a way of saying they do not have real courage. One of my favorite bands, The Hold Steady, has a line in one of their songs. They said, maybe our anxiety lives in the spaces in between, between who we are and who we really hope to be. 
that fear, that gap between who we are and who we hope to grow into. That is the space that courage enters. At Wellsprings, we talk about that each of us is called. Each of us is called together as a congregation, but also individually as well, to honestly evaluate where we are in the hopes of courageously going where we are called to be. Courage is that faith that votes with its feet. It moves. It takes some kind of action. Because the tragedy of our time in many ways is that knowing is not enough. Knowing things helps. But I know a lot of people who have a lot of information at their disposal. And still, they are not able to make progress in their lives. Information without any application is a recipe for disintegration. For having our lives not hang together. Things don't add up. Knowing the good is not the same thing as doing what is good. Paul in the Christian scriptures talks about this. He says, the good I know I do not do. And he is at war with himself. He cannot figure it out. It is not the failure of knowledge that does many of us in. It is the failure of courageous imagination, of taking the leap beyond what we know so that we can continue to grow. This is the signature reason why spiritual practice is one of the core values here at Wellsprings. It is not enough to know. We must take what we know and put it into practice so that we become what we hope to be. Because it is not until we take that step out beyond what we know. It is not until we take that step out beyond who we are into that place that we don't know if the ground will be firm enough for our next step that we can actually start to trust that our steps and courage might actually create the world we hope to see. Courage and comfort. And I'm not talking about the comfort of a comfortable bed or a nice hotel room or a kitchen that you like. Comfort in the sense of, I want a comfortable life. Courage and that kind of comfort are incompatible. Every march towards real justice, where we look at the people who are excluded and we say, what is our responsibility to bring and to be a part of? of allowing justice to grow. Every step towards authentic compassion where we actually are with a person in their suffering and in their sorrow and don't try to fix them. Every pledge of true love where we really give our hearts even though we know the cost of giving our hearts away is that in one way or another they will be broken. Every act like that is choosing courage over comfort and it is voting with our feet. This is what many call the leap of faith. And if you don't like a leap, just try a step. It is courage that takes us from that place in the E. e. Cummings poem for this morning. From the no of all nothing to the yes. That there is something there and a full presence in life. One of my favorite writers is a woman named Marilyn Robinson. And I read a quote from her this past week that I want to share with you. And she's talking about character and she's talking about virtue. And she's talking about, in many ways, why people love Susan Boyle. Even though I don't know if she knows who Susan Boyle is. She said, the ancients are right. 
The dear old human experience is a singular, difficult, shadowed, brilliant experience that does not resolve into being comfortable in the world. The valley of the shadow, of doubt, of death, of discomfort. The valley of the shadow is part of that. And you are depriving yourself if you do not experience what humankind has experienced including doubt and sorrow. Sometimes in our world, we tend to experience pain and difficulty as somehow the sense that we have failed. Instead of saying to ourselves, I will pass through this. Everyone that I have ever admired has passed through this. Music has come out of it. Literature has been born by it. We should think of our humanity, even our struggles, as a privilege. This is why I think, in many ways, we are not called to admire Susan Boyle, but we are called to become Susan Boyle. The end of your story is not written yet. There is uncertainty and doubt and also love and faith in front of you and in front of all of us. What part of you admires Susan Boyle? Which is to say, what part of you needs to take a leap of courage today? What part of you knows what is good, knows the changes that you want to make, but day after day and perhaps week after week and maybe month after month and year after year, somehow things just don't change? It is courage is what you need. Today I ask you, what faith must you show with your feet? And just like Susan Boyle, get up there and face those who doubt you. Face those who deride you. Face those who perhaps do not know you yet. What is the leap of faith, the walk of courage that you know you need to take? And have not yet. I want to encourage you. Please. Take it. That leap. It may take you very very far from home. Or that walk. May bring you to your doorstep. For maybe the first time in your life. But what I promise you. Is that courage will give you. A life. Beyond any comfort. Than you ever would have imagined. Amen. May you live in blessing. Let's pray together. Essence that is heart of our hearts, soul of our soul. that consciousness and that greater mind of the divine that is here with us right now. I pray not a broad prayer, but a specific one this day, that each of us sitting here, knowing the contours of their minds and their hearts, would see where courage can be applied,
can see where courage would open each of us up to a world in which the story is not yet finished, we are not at an end, and that we will take heart and take the next step and face uncertainty. Because we know that just as we take heart, we are given heart by that deep and limitable yes at the center of this universe. And as we take hearts and are given hearts, may all of us here also give our hearts away in courage and in love to all who are in need this day. Amen.